The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer them the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Go to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. At this time, I invite all the young and young at heart forward. Uh, Miss Angie has a special message for you this morning.
anywhere and everywhere. It's truly joy to be a part of it. Anyone else ready to see about this
there's a program that the kids who don't have food, they get a backpack filled with food for the weekend.
good? Yeah. 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 Right. Thank you. And word of prayer. God, we thank you for the food that you provide. Be with those who go hungry. Help us to share the gifts that we have with others so that they can know your love and your grace. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, you satisfy the hungry heart. Satisfy us now with this word that you have given to us. Strengthen us by its wisdom, by the life that you've given through your Son, the Word made flesh. Lead us by your Spirit. Gather us together again throughout this week uh, to be your people, your hands and your feet working to love and to serve our neighbor here in this place and throughout your world. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So one of the biggest questions that comes through the gospel is, uh, who is my neighbor? And when we think of ministries like this, it's, it's very easy to focus on that. Who is my neighbor? Who... Who is God using me to touch and heal and love uh, through the gifts that we've been blessed with? But reading through today's gospel lesson, I think that even a, a more pressing question comes to mind. Who is my enemy? In this world that we live in, can we really begin to identify people that we would call enemies? I think it's easiest to do so on a, on a large scale, uh, particularly in times of tragedy. Right After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, it was very easy to identify uh, Imperial Japan and the other Axis powers as, as the enemy. After 9-11, it was very easy for us to identify uh, Al-Qaeda and other terrorist regimes as, as the enemy. We can point out groups of people uh, whose, whose ideologies and whose actions center around inflicting harms upon ourselves or upon others, and we say that, that's what the enemy looks like. But what about on a more personal basis? When we think of our, our co-workers, our, our neighbors, our fellow community members, people that we interact with on a day, daily basis, can, can any of us really say that we have an outright enemy? Though we may not recognize them the same, I believe that we can identify people in our lives who would intend us harm. No matter how we may have tried, I'm sure that somewhere along the line we've angered or offended someone so much that they think of us with hatred on their hearts and curses on their breath. The pain of abuse may not always be physical, but... Rest assured, emotional and psychological mistreatment is abuse, nonetheless. 
And what the world tells us is that when we, when we encounter an enemy, we should cut these people off from our lives or retaliate with force. But in our gospel today, Jesus gives another way, a way that marks what it means to be his disciples and what it means to be citizens of the kingdom of God. But I will say to you that, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus' instructions go beyond an eye for an eye or even beyond, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Acts of charity, blessing, and prayer for our enemies looks to build up those who would otherwise tear us down. It's one thing to hold a grudge or to cut people out of our lives or to get petty revenge by winning an argument or getting back at the guy who stole your parking spot. But to show someone mercy, to give above and beyond to those who have offered us nothing, that is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And what's more, Jesus offers another word to keep us from thinking that loving our enemies would be for our benefit. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. What separates us? From anyone else if we only invest in building up relationships with others for the sake of getting ahead. For us, for the body of Christ, there is no room for deception or greed or selfish gain when it comes to dealing with those who might wish us harm. More than mere kindness, love your enemies. Treat them and think of them as you would your spouse, your child, your dearest friend. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It sounds like simple advice. In fact, that golden rule is what we teach our grade school students about what it means to interact with one another on the playground. How easy is it for us to forget those days and cling to our own, our own anger or our own pride? How difficult is it for us to be merciful as our Father is merciful, to treat others the way that God has treated us? All of this is well and good, but is it really enough to mark the change that God has worked in our lives. Difficult as these words may be to follow through on, 
Jesus' words are straightforward. But that doesn't mean that they aren't capsules that have broader implications for the way that we treat others. It does indeed go beyond that. What happens if we don't bless those who curse us or pray for those who abuse us? What happens if we give only to those whom we expect to receive something from and throw back whatever insult or affliction comes our way? The short answer is we become an enemy to our neighbor, wishing harm upon someone else because of who they are or what they have or haven't done. Ultimately, we become an enemy to ourselves. What kind of life is it to be so consumed by such rage and anger that we would wish harm on someone? What room is there for joy and genuine love when our focus is on power and pride and greed? Loving our enemies sometimes means loving ourselves enough to recognize and to admit that we are caught in a cycle of prideful self-gratification that shuts out and degrades others. And that is everything that God's kingdom stands against. Jesus' instructions to, to turn the other cheek and to offer more than what is asked for makes it seem that Jesus wants us to be a bunch of pushovers who remain in cycles and systems of abuse as victims. That's not what he's saying at all. In Jesus' day, to inflict the kind of shame that he's talking about on another person, to leave them destitute and publicly humiliated, was in and of itself shameful throughout both Jewish and Roman cultures. Even sinners have standards, Jesus says. But through compassionate, nonviolent confrontation, loving our enemies holds up a mirror to that system, to that cycle of violence and shame, to the ruin that our actions can bring upon ourselves. And in turn invites everyone, everyone, to share in the dignity and the life that God's kingdom offers. What Jesus offers in this kingdom teaching in his sermon on the plain and in the emptiness of his tomb is a world where, where hated enemies become beloved friends. And no one, no one is subject to the suffering that comes at the hand of another person. The proverb that Jesus leaves with his disciples at the end of our, our passage from this morning works to clarify his teachings and to offer a glimpse into the life that follows those who truly love their enemies. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put back into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure that you get back. Like a, like a baker scooping out flour, preparing to bake a loaf of bread, 
you shake it down, you tamp it out, leave a little bit on top just for good measure. The abundance of God's kingdom and God's mercy fills every void and every vacancy and every shortcoming that we could ever perceive in our life. It isn't lacking or skimpy, but, but it overflows from our lives and fills this entire world. Violence may beget violence, but love, love begets love. And the measure we give will be the measure that we receive in return. Give blessings in abundance, Jesus says, and we will be witnesses to the glory of God spread throughout this world. Blessings abound even when we don't see them immediately. And so this this hope for the future, that which is mortal will be clothed in immortality, that that which dies will be raised to new life, that that the kingdom of God has been opened to and for us. These are the promises of God for his people. Jesus himself practiced what he preached. Loving those who hated him. Blessing those who cursed him. Praying for those who abused him. Withholding nothing from those who struck him and mocked him. Inviting even his executioners to experience the joys of the kingdom of God. How much more so then will God rejoice when when we can see the kingdom's work of mercy. Filling this whole world for God's glory. Here and now. In the presence of enemies whom God has called each and every one of us to love. May that be so for us. May that be so for the world. Now and always. Amen.